live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. In Province Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. It would be nice to see some of these forecasts and with the rain, the pop-up stuff, come to fruition, at least where I live. You could bounce a basketball on my lawn. Super dry. Yeah. Super dry. Uh, Eric Bilstead along with Michelle Richards. Vince has the week off. So does Debbie Lazaga. Steph Graham in for Debbie today. Um, there's a story out of Sussex, and it, it bothers me for multiple reasons. But, and I, I'm not sure what the best answer is. But there's a story that we uh, were alerted to over the weekend of hate flyers, some anti-Semitic hate flyers that were left on people's driveways and left in different areas in a, in a uh, subdivision in a neighborhood in Sussex in Waukesha County. And it bothers me for multiple reasons. Obviously, the obvious reason is because the, the, the hate speech that's posted on these flyers and that that's being left out there. So that goes without... You know, that that goes without being, you know, we, we all understand that. The other part that for me is that I wish I knew what the right answer was as far as reporting on it. Does it deserve attention? Or does by not reporting it allow it to slowly fade away? You know, and I don't know what the right answer is. And I know many would say, no, this is becoming a clear issue. In fact, the Anti-Defamation League has said that the, the percentage of anti-Semitism reports uh, in 2022 are the highest they've ever been since they've been keeping track of such things uh, since 1979 is when they first started doing it. So more than 40 years now is at its highest level in 2022. And so that makes sense to, to raise awareness to this type of behavior. Um, but for me, I guess sometimes I feel like it, that then gives it a megaphone. Right. You're not talking about sweeping it under the rug. Like not this, trying to not, hide from it. Not trying to hide anything. But Correct. Like just by giving it attention, does it make it... Does it amplify something that right. doesn't deserve amplification? Right. And is that doing what, you know, whomever this person or people were trying to do, does that help with that? You know, I, and, I, and I know it's more than that. I know, and there's a lot of reasons why... Reminding people that hate speech is still here is important. Like, hey, this is still a thing. We've seen this with racism as well. Like, this is this is still a, a large part uh, of our lives, and even more so now than before. Which, for many of us, we have a hard time understanding. Right. Like, it um, should be getting better, not yes, worse. Right. Uh, and I guess, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's, there's. I wish there's a line there, and I could figure out exactly where to where that is, so we don't cross it. But it just is so frustrating. Like. Okay, some jamoke decides to do something stupid and racist and anti-Semitist, uh, if that's a word, and I apologize if I'm saying that the incorrectly, but okay, now we're, now we're talking about this person. Now this person is getting attention, so great, because that's probably what they were looking for anyway. Um, I don't know, it, it just it, it irritates me. And uh, again, not trying to sweep it under the rug like you said, not trying to look right. the other way, but man, geez, I don't know. Kind of like, I mean, not naming mass shooters. Right. Yeah. yeah. Similar. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, what's amazing about that is that there are so many now that I don't think people would remember most of them anyway. We've gotten to that point. But yeah, I'm with you. There's no reason to say, name those clowns at all. It's 18. 18. So here's what we're going to do, Michelle. So I'm going to pitch you up against a, a listener. Oh, come on. Yes. <laughs> mano y mano, kind of. 
Michelle and a listener. So here's what we're going to do. If you would like to win a prize, this is gonna, we're going to do a little quick state fair trivia. 855-616-1620 on the Old National Bank talk and text line. 855-616-1620. We need someone who, who might know a thing or two. Maybe. And we'll see if uh, you're smarter than Michelle Richards. We'll play a little game here, all right? What did I do to you? Aha! <laughs> <laughs> 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, talk and text line. We'll see how much Michelle really knows. Thanks. Is next. Partly sunny today, a high of 79. A spotty shower is possible. We'll see if that happens. Eric Bilstead along with Michelle Richards. Vince is off today and through the week. Okay, so we have someone on the line, right? We're going to play a little game here. We're going to see if Catherine can uh, win herself a WDTMJ prize pack. Catherine in Milwaukee joins us on WDTMJ. Hello, Catherine. Good morning. Okay, so we're going to play a little game here. I went to the State Fair on Saturday, and I talked to a couple of quote-unquote experts and asked them a couple of questions about their field. I'm going to pitch you up against Michelle Richards, and we'll see who is smarter in these two categories. Yes. (laughs) Two women enter, one woman leaves. Very important topics, too. (laughs) Yes. All right. (laughs) Catherine, I'll let you choose the first uh, topic. Would you like to talk maple syrup or would you like to talk Clydesdales? Maple syrup. All right. So I went to the the maple syrup uh, section there in the Wisconsin Products Pavilion over the weekend. Uh, Great bunch of people there working, selling the maple syrup, if you will. Here is the question. How much maple syrup does one tree produce in a season? Do we get multiple choice? No. No. <laughs> Catherine, you go first. Oh, boy. Um, are you talking about raw or finished? Whatever comes from the tree. Okay. So what would that be? The raw? That. I'd probably raw. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll say a gallon. One gallon. Okay, what do you think, Michelle? I was going to say a gallon. Let's go five. Five gallons for Michelle. Okay, we'll do closest without going over. What did they say? How much syrup does one tree produce in a year? So one tree will produce from each sample about 10 gallons, hence one quart of syrup. 10 gallons. That's a lot. Right? It is. From one tree. All right, so Catherine, uh, you'll have to cede to Michelle. Michelle, where would you like to go? Maple or Clydesdale? Let's switch it up and do Clydesdales. Okay. Here is the question. How many hands tall is a Clydesdale? And by hands, I mean your hand, because that's how they measure such things. Go ahead. You can can I? (laughs) So, Catherine, right now she's actually trying to figure this out. Michelle has her hands now. How many hands? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Go ahead. 20. 20. All right. What do you think, Catherine? 25. 25. All right. Here is your answer. Now, how tall can a Clydesdale generally get? Uh, most of them get over 18 hands and weigh 2,000, 2,300 pounds. Over 18 hands. Wow, Michelle. All right. On fire. Nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, Michelle, the board remains yours. You can go either Maple or you can go Clydesdale. You're just making up the rules as you go, aren't I you? I am. Uh, let's go back to Maple. All right. Where does Wisconsin rank in maple production as far as the country goes? So what rank is per state? So, you know, give me a number of where it ranks for production of maple syrup. Tenth. You say tenth? All right, Catherine? 
basis. Fifth for Catherine, tenth for Michelle. Let's see what they said. Wisconsin is fourth in the nation in maple syrup production. Each year our production goes up. More and more hobbyists are going into the business. Um, very much family-oriented tradition in Wisconsin. What states are in front of us, do you know? New York, Maine, and Vermont. I should say Vermont, New York, and Maine. So how about that, Wisconsin, huh? Fourth. I knew oh, Vermont. Yeah. Vermont was up there, right? right, yeah. right. And I, I thought maybe there were more out east, but... All right, cool. All right, Good so Catherine, you're closest. So I got one more here, Catherine. It's a Clydesdale one, so, so it has to be on horses. Okay, Catherine, so how often does a Clydesdale shoe get changed? <laughs> um, I'll say weekly. Weekly, a change of shoe. What do you think, Michelle? I was going to say like every three months. Three months. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they nail those things in, right? Well, I, th- I don't know if that's still how they do it, but yeah, probably. I'm very wrong, right? aren't I? <laughs> oh, you know, well, let's find out. How often do you have to change a shoe? Uh, generally, five to six weeks, they get replaced, and they have a piece of leather that goes between the shoe and the hoof just to support it, keep the hoof soft, so that if they step on a rock, it doesn't hurt them and stuff like that. Can you do that with your eyes closed? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I'd say you guys are both right in the middle there. So he, he said six weeks. Yeah. So Catherine, <laughs> because of the tie there, I'm, uh, we're going to let you have that WTMJ prize package anyway. So thanks for oh, playing, perfect. Catherine. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll put you on hold here and Greg will take care of you. So thanks for playing. Well done there, Michelle. You know a couple of things. I'm impressed. I'm great at guessing. <laughs> Wisconsin Sporting News will check in with the headlines from Adam here in a minute. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano, Eric Bilstead here, along with Michelle Richards, produced by Greg Pancake Hill. How often are you eating fast food inside a fast food restaurant? Not that often. Big fan of the drive-thru. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Americans are eating their burgers, fries, and nuggets at home, in their cars, and at the office, increasingly anywhere but at the fast food restaurants themselves, says the Wall Street Journal. Booths are often empty. Customers pick up their orders and head out. People sitting at tables sometimes are just workers on their breaks. Uh, dining customers now represent less than 10% of visits in most McDonald's restaurants, according to the chain franchises. Across U.S. fast food chains, diners ate 14% of orders at a restaurant in the first five months of this year, less than 21% before the pandemic. So they... Obviously, the pandemic played a role in this, but that number was already low or getting lower. Yeah, I we would hit the drive-through even before the pandemic, like that was a big thing. But we'll eat at the restaurant when we're traveling, like when we're on a road trip. Oh, so you won't pick up and just drive? And no, you're not a big eat in the car guy. I or lady. My husband doesn't like to eat and drive. Interesting. I would do it, but. See, I like to get on the road. I want to get moving. I know. Let's go. Let's get there. Um, So this is interesting because McDonald's uh, recently pledged to spend billions of dollars to help U.S. franchises pay for digital kiosks, some modern furnishing. I mean, they're trying to make it look like more of like a like a coffee shop, you know, with uh, some nice um, different areas where you can sit where it's separated. Some are like more couchy areas. Other places are they have your standard tables or whatnot, but trying to like change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if no one is doing that, if no one is going there for a destination, why even bother? Why not just 
Have well, a drive through Yeah, we'll stay in your lane. Yeah. Why we? I think I feel like there's like one place that bucks the trend. Culver's. Yes. Yes. That's like the one place where more people likely would sit inside and be willing to. Mm-hmm. Well, and think mm. of places, and this might not be like fast food, fast food, but like Pizza Hut, Domino's. You used to go there and sit there at a restaurant, but I don't even think they have a dining room anymore. Do they? Well, some do, but some you're do, right. But a lot of them are just delivery or pickup only. This is great from the 414 on the old National Bank uh, talk and text line. This is exactly why I would go inside. This is the, this 414 hits it right out of the head. The only reason my husband likes to eat in the lobby or in the, in the dining area is so he can get his drink refilled. <laughs> I was going to guess going to the bathroom, you know. Yeah, but you can just run in and run yeah. out. See, hey, but if then you, you wanna... don't feel bad about just using the bathroom, <laughs> then you're buying something. I've never felt bad about okay. that. Never. <laughs> Should I? No. Never. Not in a million years. I've walked right past. Hey, hey I'm yeah. using the bathroom here. You don't need a key, right? Okay, thanks. <laughs> but anyway, so it's down. Um, but I wonder, I would love to find out how Culver's is doing versus others because I'm willing to put money on it that they have a larger dining percentage than all the other places. Interesting. It is 841. Men just being men. That story here in a minute. Ugh. Partly sunny today. Spotty shower is possible. Radar clear at the moment. A high of 79. Tonight, partly cloudy. A low of 65. For your Tuesday, a high of 84. Sunny tomorrow with a pop-up storm again possible tomorrow. Right now in Milwaukee, it is 69 at 844. So it's time. We, we only do it now for special occasions, Michelle, but we need one today, a must-watch. It is time. Well, I did say people were going to die. All right. Must-watch for Monday, August 7th. The fight is on. Elon Musk says he and Mark Zuckerberg will duke it out in an MMA-style cage fight. And he says it's going to happen soon. There is no date yet. But the owner of X, formerly known as Twitter, says the event will be live streamed on social media and all proceeds will go to a charity for veterans. Men. (laughs) Come on, two billionaires fighting? You're not impressed by this? (laughs) At least they're doing the charity angle, okay? Because they could just be doing this to, you know, gain a little more ego, but... Well, see, they say all proceeds, but I want to, I'm not paying for this. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to pay to watch. Somebody's paying for it. Uh, meantime, Zuckerberg hasn't commented, but it, we know that he's very good at fighting because he's competed in jiu-jitsu matches. Mm-hmm. He's trained for a long time. Like, the guy's not just, he, he's in um, local tournaments. He's been in some national tournaments. Like, he, he, he runs the circuit. Not to mention he's more than a decade younger. Yeah. Here's my question. If it's on Twitter or X, shouldn't it also be on threads? Are they going to argue about where this platform or which platform gets to show the fight? I'm sure they both will. Really? Are you watching? No. (laughs) (laughs) No interest. Absolutely not. Well, why not? I might look at the highlights. The two most well-known billionaires on the planet. Well, first of all, it's going to take five seconds. You you think Zuckerberg's (laughs) going to win that easily? My money's on him, if See, I had money on any of this. If it actually happens, I would assume that Zuckerberg would probably do better. However, Musk isn't just going to walk in there willy-nilly. He's going to train. 
and God knows do what else to make sure that he puts up a good showing. Well, but here's another thing. So new headline this morning. He might need surgery before the fight can happen. He says he's getting an MRI of his neck and upper back, which oh, may require come surgery. On. Come on. That takes away all the fun. Don't get into an MMA style fight if you are having back surgery. <laughs> speaking, oh, speaking man, of, that's another men so, thing. Well, so speaking <laughs> of that, uh, the the manager of the Cleveland Guardians said, "Hey, boys will be boys." This after two players on Saturday got into a fight at second base. This was amazing. So it was Tim Anderson, the shortstop of the White Sox, and Josie Ramirez, who is with the Cleveland Guardians. And it happened during a play. So Ramirez doubles, slides in the second base, hard slide. Anderson kind of tags him hard and rough a little bit, even though he was clearly safe. And then they square up and they go. And here's the best part. I'm going to play the play-by-play for you here. The best part is during the play-by-play, how quickly the announcer goes from calling a baseball play (laughs) to calling a boxing match. Slide safe and in the score is Jimenez. And another hustle double right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Took one to the jaw, went down, right hook. Ramirez went in with a head first slide. Hosey never gets upset about anything. They came up chewing. Anderson squared off. Posey decked him. <laughs> yeah, so he hit him. He went right to the ground and wasn't the same. Tried to stand him up. He kind of bobbled around a little bit and was like kind of carrying like a puppet with no strings attached to him. And then they tried to drag him off. He tried to get back on the field. Didn't play yesterday. I'm guessing both will probably be suspended in some fashion. Yeah, there's going to be consequences. But boys will be boys, Michelle. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They came up <laughs> chewing. <laughs> I don't see Chewing. <laughs> they were chewing. No, what's so amazing about it, though, like I've never seen this before, is that it was very hockey-like. Like at one point, you know, they were barking at each other and whatnot, and Tim Anderson drops his mitt and the ball. I mean, the play was over. And... Puts the Dukes up and says, okay, let's do this. Yeah, like, this isn't something you see in baseball very often. This is a hockey Not quite thing. like this. Yeah, usually you might see someone charge the mound mm-hmm. or something like that, but not like this. So just remarkable. And the play-by-play, phenomenal. Down goes Anderson! Down goes Anderson! Check your forecast. You're sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. Partly sunny today. A spotty shower is possible. Spotty, a high of 79. Tonight, partly cloudy, a low of 65. Tuesday, sunny with a pop-up storm possible again. Could pop up here and there, a high of 84. Wednesday, same thing. Sunny with a slight chance for rain. High of 86. Thursday, sunny, a high of 83. Friday, a chance for a rainstorm. Partly cloudy, a high of 85. You know what my kids did over the weekend? What did they do? Back to school shopping already. Oh, I did that weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're behind at the Bill Said House. Really? You're done, done. You got well, clothes and different okay, things? Okay, so I got... So last year I waited too long and all the colored folders were out. Ah, yeah. So I was like, I'm going now, we're doing it. But I didn't get like the gallon Ziploc bags and the paper towels, you know, like the easy stuff. Yeah. 
that shouldn't run out, hopefully. Did your kids know what their teachers are and all that no, stuff yet? No, no. But the day will come that my phone will just be blowing up all the moms I know. Oh, yeah. All the text threads. So I don't even have to keep an eye on that. Someone will just tell you. Oh, it'll it'll be crazy. Yeah, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Because hey, I don't know how it is at your school, but where my kids are, like certain houses, that's what they call them, like in the just their different houses of the school or whatever. Uh, don't even see each other. Like some of those kids like do not even see the other kids like just throughout the entire day. It's not like it was when you and I went to school where you kind of knew everybody or saw everybody. So there's times where it's just like they're all kind of sectioned off just because there's enough kids in the school where they can do that, I guess. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so there's this story. I can't, I'm amazed at the ability for someone to be able to do this. Charles Gregory is his name, Michelle. He headed out for an early morning fishing trip off the coast of Florida, St. Augustine, it's something he had done a million times before, says CNN, but the tide rose quicker than he thought. Then a wave hit his 12-foot boat, a lightweight and flat-bottomed vessel. It knocked him into the water. He managed to get back on board, but was quickly taken out to sea. For nearly two days, he struggled to stay alive under the brutal sun as he clung to the partially submerged boat, suffering jellyfish stings, spotting sharks. This all happening. The guy actually survived. He was scared to death, says his father. He said that he had conversations with God in that 30 hours uh, the whole time, more than he's ever had before. Boat crews finally pulled Charles from the Atlantic Ocean Saturday morning after an air crew spotted him about 12 miles offshore. He was never going to make it back. 12 miles. Footage released by the Coast Guard shows a dramatic rescue. Charles seated in an inundated boat. It's bow dipping beneath the surface of the water before crews were finally able to reach him. He actually looks looks fine. Like in one picture, he's kind of waving at the camera. Looks looks good. Well, that boat looks more like a raft. Yeah. That is not a large vessel. Yeah, that's something you got to be careful on. It all started Friday early morning, 4 a.m. He was last spotted leaving the Lighthouse Park boat ramp. Uh, Tide took him out to sea. He fought to hang on to the boat, stay alive while in the direct sunlight. Nearly two days included desperate attempts by Charles to keep the boat afloat, even removing the vessel's motor. It also led to the frantic efforts to get help removing his swimming trunks to use as a flag to, you know, to wave at other people or whatnot. Like at, at some point you have to realize, you know, because I think at first your immortality still sits in where you're like, no, okay, I'm not going to drop this. I'm not going to drop the, the motor. You know, we'll keep this stuff on here. And then all of a sudden you got to realize, okay, this ain't going to work out for me. Uh, The night was the worst, his father says. At night, being sunburnt and the wind would be blowing, he said it was freezing cold out there in the water. He's now at home resting. He's exhausted, dehydrated, and suffering from uh, some other illnesses uh, from just his muscles being damaged from the whole situation with his bloodstream. Severe sunburn and all that is basically the biggest issue, but glad to be back on the ground. Oh, That is so terrifying. Mm. No, thank you. Nightmare. She is Michelle Richards. You're back tomorrow. Thank you, Michelle. Eric Bilstead. Thanks to Greg Pancake Hill for keeping us on track today. We'll be back at it tomorrow. WTMJ now with Steve Scafidi and Sandy Max is next.